0: Spanning the Nerdosphere, talking about everything you want to hear. From comics to cosplay, from the cinematic universe to fan films and everything in between. It's time to get down and nerdy. Here are your hosts, James Witham and Nick Battaglia. Every year it's one of our biggest episodes of the year. This year it just happens to be episode one twenty-two of the Down and Nerdy Podcast. And just like the East Coast, it is hot, Nick, because we were talking about San Diego Comic-Con International 2016.
1: Yeah, not only is it a hundred degrees over here in Virginia, but I think I should be labeled a God, and here's why. I, I managed, I mean, we both covered SECC, we both live, you know, tweeted and and live posted, you know, uh, panels. But the fact that I did this for a third year in a row with one arm, I still have not lost my only hand to some sort of typing accident. I am a goddamn god.
0: You know, that, that is quite the accomplishment. I mean, what you guys don't see is when he gets the, when he gets the feet working. Yeah. And it is, it is something else. It's like Fred Flintstone. It's really bizarre just watching him go on the keyboard and on the phone. <laughs> and it's, it's a sight to see. I mean, if you ever get a chance to, it's wow. Wow.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, my wrist is still hurting from all of typing, but, you know, uh, of course, SCC was over the weekend, and man, it's just, does it seem like it's bigger and bigger, even though certain panels and certain people weren't there?
0: It's funny you mentioned that, because we had so many movie studios, and even TV people that weren't there, yet... It was gigantic. I felt like it was nonstop all the time. And there was even stuff that we couldn't live tweet because other stuff was going on. So yeah, and I think that part of the reason for that is the emergence of just how huge T V has gotten.
1: Well not just that, but you know, you're looking at also different types of panels. Like you're looking at panels like you know, women in comics panels and people who are gay, you know, transgendered, bisexual having their own panels and you're having, you know, so it's pretty much, it's spreading to these, you know, diverse panels and you're covering more things. And it's just, again, you look at the schedule, schedule itself is like 36 pages long. And there was like five to seven panels going on once almost every hour. Right. And that
0: doesn't count the signings and all the other stuff. By the way, I'm James with them alongside.
1: The one arm, Nick Pataglia, and man, we're just going to power through this entire SDCC weekend. Of course, we're going to kick it all off by talking about what happened in the realm of the comics. IDW, Marvel, DC, all had some pretty cool announcements over the weekend. we gonna get to those next on the Down Nerdy Podcast.
0: Hey guys, this is IDW Senior Staff Writer and Editor Tom Waltz, and you are listening
1: to the Down and Nerdy Podcast. Well, nerds, normally we get out of our long box and we tell you what's reading this week, but of course, as we all know, it was SDCC this past weekend, so guess what? We're in panels and covering panels that had to deal with comic books, so let's do that this week. And then we're going to start off, James, with Marvel Comics. Now, of course, we all know there's been some discussion. What are they going to do with the X-Men? Are they going to phase them out because the rights are with Fox in terms of the movies? Well, we've pretty much got an idea as to what they're going to be doing now. They're going to be kicking off a series called Death of X, which is going to deal mostly around Cyclops and stuff like that, it's pretty much is going to be an eight-month gap between Secret Wars and everything else that's going on. So, here's the thing. That culminates into a winter uh, series called in X-Men vs. Inhumans.
0: And suddenly it seems like you're assumption from a couple shows ago is more and more dead-on, that the Inhumans are going to be the ones that eliminate the X-Men, and kind of the Inhumans become the new X-Men, because there's plenty of similarities there, for sure.
1: Exactly. Again, the title, I should switch it around, actually. It's Inhumans versus X-Men, but guess what? Here's the reason why, and this is going to continue as an all bail because there's been some fires, some, some poking between the two factions, but pretty much what this, this is going to come down to is Medusa pretty much because we, if you haven't read the comics lately, there's this, these Terrigen myths they're pretty much going around the world, and they're creating these new Inhumans. However, the problem with that is it pretty much causes mutants to get to what they call like MPOX, right? Which pretty much causes them to go insane and get sick and die pretty much. So pr- what happens is Medusa has this idea of the X Men in order to you know make sure the Inhumans live and in these myths – stay intact and they can float around and make people inhumans and we can live longer and make our kind stronger the x-men are going to be battling them because of that so pretty much it's a battle of two ideals where of course as they said in the panel one is going to walk away a- alive pretty much and i think we all know which one's going to be my guess is the inhumans oh yeah but i mean you have this thing where like they're you know like these mutant, some, a lot of mutants some mutants like now in limbo so they found a way to like get away from the mist and then the humans get wind of that, pretty right. much. So it's going to be pretty interesting. I'm very intrigued by this.
0: Yeah, I I know that we've kind of talked trash about the Inhumans in the past and how, you know, it's not as... Ma- well, now that they're starting to focus on them more, and we're, trying, and we're starting to find out really more and more about Inhumans, I think they could really pull this off. I mean, they actually did the whole Terrigen Mist thing during Infinity War several years ago, but not on this grand of a scale, and it really didn't affect mutants that much. I think there was one or two at the time, but this is on a much larger scale, and this is actually you know, good for Marvel, a pretty darn good reason for them to be fighting each other.
1: Well, yeah, and again, you know, we didn't really make fun of the Inhumans, we just said more of when People were like, oh my god, the Inhumans are well, like, Well, yeah, really? it, was more,
0: it was more like, why are you losing your shit over this? Because it, it's not that we we're making fun of them, it's like, they haven't pushed them to the forefront. Right, that's the thing. And you're, you're losing it over this, but now they are. So right. So that's different.
1: Right, and like what we said a couple of weeks ago, you know, we said that, hey, the Inhumans are going to be pretty much the new X-Men. And, I, and again, with the X-Men, I think, as we've talked about this before, I think there's not a lot more what else can you do with the X-Men. The humans, there has been a lot done with them recently. So, it's like you have this whole slate of ideas you can do with them, you know?
0: Yeah, there's just like the X-Men and years ago, there's so many different ways that you can go and that you can take it, so... Of all the stuff that we've seen Marvel-wise at SDCC, as far as comics go, this is the one I've got my eye on.
1: Exactly. Now, let's go from Marvel, of course, let's transition into DC. Now, DC, we're not going to highlight a lot, because it was mostly a lot of the panels were surrounded around Rebirth. We did get the chance, though, to see some arc from some upcoming stuff that's coming in the fall, like Supergirl and stuff like that. And it looks pretty interesting, but... Something that really caught our eyes, though, James, had to do with Vertigo and Young Animal.
0: i got to be honest, man. We didn't really know much about Jared Way and his uh, new imprint with DC, Young Animal. And they actually called it, in the panel, they called it a pop-up imprint, which doesn't necessarily speak to the possible longevity of it. But basically, it's like, hey, you know, succeed or fail on the stories that you tell. And i got to tell you, man. I mean, other than Doom Patrol, which, I mean, is already kind of established in the DC universe, it's like, it's the Doom Patrol is like the island of misfit toys in the right. DC universe. They're the throwaways kind of thing. So, but there's some really interesting series, like, I mean, there's Shade the Changing Girl, which is basically an alien that comes to Earth and kind of uh, inhabits the body of a girl who is a bully. Right. So that's really interesting, but there's one that's going to be set in, in Gotham called Mother Panic. That I think is going to be really interesting. Basically, it's based on a an uh, elitist woman, a rich woman who's obsessed with cybernetic enhancement.
1: Right, you can kind of see a little bit from the suit what the suit's going to look like. Mm-hmm. It's like you take the the helmet, especially you take Iron Man's face, you put Batman's ears on. That's what the helmet pretty much looks like. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing about this, though, had deal with the art and the types of things they're doing. And pretty much, I mean, they joked at DC. They're like. <laughs> like yeah, all the uh, you know the people who are be you know working to to publish this stuff, they're freaking out because of all the the types of inks they want to use. They want to use black light ink. They want to make yeah. they want to make a black light comic. Pretty much, there's going to be a
0: peel away cover for Doom Patrol. Yeah. You can actually peel the cover off, and it reveals like you know secrets about the upcoming universe. And there's a gyro on the cover. And I mean, I mean, give them credit though. I mean, there's definitely a lot of the art. And especially the colors in some of these books is really, really popping. So, I mean, it it seems weird, but is that
1: a bad thing? No, because it's intriguing. Now, it's, it's one of those things where you know, we talked about this off the air, was pretty much like it's a move where you put all your chips in the table and you say this is either going to flop or this is going to cause it to be one of the most uh, intriguing and interesting books ever or series ever. And people were wondering, like, oh, okay, you have this musician coming in. What does he know about comics? Well, I want to tell you, he actually worked on uh, several volumes of the Umbrella Academy at Dark Horse. Right, exactly. And he was also, he was also an intern at DC Comics years ago. So he knows about comics.
0: Yeah, and in the panel that showed, man, he definitely showed a deep love and a deep interest. He was talking about being in, in, uh, influenced by Grant Morrison and all this other stuff. So the guy knows, he knows the history and he appreciates the history. What he wants to do is put a, you know, only his mind can understand it, spin on it and just see what happens. And I mean, like, like I said, DC's uh, bigwigs called this a pop-up imprint. So, basically, I think that they're saying, hey, do what you want. We'll let you do exactly what you want. And if it succeeds, we'll move forward. If it doesn't, then we'll just pretend this didn't happen.
1: Right. And, again, it's the whole idea of the way I see this comic is I see it as uh, a really, really art housey type of a film. If you're looking at it in terms, of, in, terms of, in terms of film, it's very art house and stuff like that. Again, it's one of those things where it's like, only I understand. And right. it, and, you, and it's kind of nice seeing DC afford these opportunities to uh, people like Way who say, hey, you have this idea. It goes crazy and, and, as you want. But hey, if it doesn't sell, we're pulling the plug. So, yeah. again, that allows the creator, the writer, the artist, whomever to say, okay, here's all these ideas. Let's not throw them at the wall. Let's combine them. Let's try to way, make ways to make comics interesting and, and go in branches that people never thought were imaginable.
0: Yeah, exactly, and I think it's one of those things where there's not a whole lot of huge names attached right now, and I actually think that that's a good thing, um, but there are some people that are going to be doing variant covers and stuff like that. I'm just excited, man. I'm excited to see what kind of weirdness is ahead for this because it's like, it's like when you bring an independent movie to like a con film festival or something like that. And it's either going to be one of those ones where it's like, wow, we didn't expect that. This is amazing. Or it's like, yeah, this is the exact piece of crap that we thought it was going to be.
1: Exactly. And then moving on to our final publisher, of course, we're going to talk about, we're talking about IDW and man, they had a big week and we're talking a little bit about their stuff coming up in nerd news, but let's stick to the comics. Now, I'm going to let you pick this. There's a lot of interesting titles. Where do you want to start?
0: I mean, let's start with the with the cr- the fact that we've got crossovers continuing with Star Trek and Green Lantern, and we've also got Batman and TMNT Adventures. So that uh, TMNT Adventures series that you reviewed a few months ago, they're going to bring Batman into that world, and it looks like we're almost going to get like an animated series-style Batman with this group. I think that it's cool that these are going to be going on still.
1: Oh, yeah, and I was a huge fan of the... Green Lantern Star Trek crossover oh, yeah. because again, it was like you know, Chekhov became a blue lantern and other people came different color lanterns and everything else like that within the Star Trek universe. It was very interesting. One thing IDW knows how to do very, very well and that's crossover things. That's crossover two different people, two different IPs. And, I mean, doing this thing with Batman TMNT and Star Trek Green Lantern, I'm excited about it. Of course, it's continuing with Star Trek. Uh, they're going to come out with a, a series called Star Trek Boldly Go, which is basically going to follow the events of Star Trek Beyond. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be, of course, coming from the creative team of Mike Johnson and Tony Schistine.
0: Speaking of creative teams, dude, we're getting new creative teams for a Transformers book called Lost Light, which is going to come out post-Revolution, which we're going to talk about in just a couple minutes. But here's another one. A new creative team and Direction. For GI Joe, we've got Aubrey Sitterson and Giannis. Ming- I'm not even going to get a Greek name. You want me wow. to say it? I'm yes, names. please.
1: It's Giannis Milianis. Thank you. Wow. Yep. I mean, you're talk welcome. about
0: talk about gyros. That was a that was a mouthful <laughs> right there.
1: Oh but, Jesus Christ! Wow.
0: But no, I mean it's it's interesting that they're going to do that because I think Revolution's going to be one of those things that, much like Rebirth is going to change almost everything as far yeah. as licensed properties for IDW.
1: Yeah, and this week on our website, where I uh, did a review. I wrote a review for ROM number one, which came out this week. And there are little lines, little hints of Revolution in there, kind of mm-hmm. like a little bit of a, of a basis that they're building for it as you progress in that book. But going with Revolution in general, really quickly, I think that just from what we've seen about like the different series and just the concept of Revolution... I think this might be a war between the Transformers and a lot of the people within the IEW universe.
0: Could be because remember they've been doing Transformers versus GI Joe, right? Uh, in another series for actually for a while now. It actually seems like it's been going on forever. But I think that well, we got some interesting nuggets. Like we find out that a Transformers going to join the GI Joe. Right. We were talking about this last night. I'll let you go ahead.
1: We think it's Starscream. It makes this sense.
0: Very interesting, isn't it?
1: It makes sense. Because well mostly because again if you've read the ending of Rom it makes sense as to why it could be Starscream and Revolution it joins the Joes mm-hmm. or and stuff like that uh, also they talked about uh, Citizen did about how they're going to pretty much make give everybody new looks like update their looks give them new things and everything else like that so they're pretty much they are they're they're, they're overhauling a lot of GI Joe which I think is is.
0: Yeah, And there's time. I, it's In 2016,
1: time. it's time.
0: Yeah, it's time. I mean, they, def- they said that Hama was going to have a, a run that was outside of the continuity. So yep. I think that, that what have we said before? Give me a classic run that's going to make the, the older fans happy, but then let's freshen things up with a different run. And it seems like that's exactly what they're going to do. So very smart on their part. I'm just excited for Revolution. I'm excited to see what, what's going to be coming out of that both the post-revolution titles that they were talking about in, sub- in September and some of the other stuff that's going to be coming out of that. I just think it looks like finally combining the Hasbro universes. It's right. just every book that's come out so far, and, mm-hmm. it just feels like it works, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it does, and what's interesting is, remember, they they have this whole, Hasbro has their movie universe, so will Revolution maybe play a role as to how the Hasbro universe mm-hmm. is written, you know, this new writer's room and everything else? And, and hints
0: then, and winks and nods here and right. there, possibly, yeah, yeah.
1: Right, you know, you see, like, little four-inch Micronauts running around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's the interesting, because you're a big, I want to get your take on it, you're a big Micronauts fan, you're a huge Micronauts fan. When you found out, hey, they're going to be put into the regular universe and they're going to be four inches tall, what was your first thought about that?
0: My first thought, of course, was how is this going to work? But then my next thought is Let's see how much damage that they can do. I mean, think about that—you could fly into a transformer, basically, right? And take them out from the inside. That's a possibility, or spy on them from the inside, right? You know, fly, and you're not going to know that they're there. So, you know, there's tactics there that we're going to be able to see, and especially with the with the ships and the vehicles and stuff like that, <laughs> it's going to be really interesting. Imagine.
1: It's to been see, a good run so far, the Micronauts. Can you just, just see like, an army of Micronaut ships just flying to, like, Optimus Prime or something like that? How I think that'd be kind of hilarious in a sense. That would
0: be really funny. I mean, I don't know how they're going to do it or, or even what side they're going to be on. Right. But, um... I mean, think about, like, Ant-Man times, times like, 10. Right. You know, you've got not just one, but a bunch of them. And granted, there's no super strength there, but there's, you know, the suits and, the, like I said, even the vehicles and stuff. There's a lot of stuff that can make for some creative storytelling.
1: And, of course, when it comes to other books, of course, Paul Cornell and Ryan Kelly be bringing their Vertigo series, Saucer Country, back into the form of Saucer State at IAW coming in 2017. Also, Jack Kirby is fantastic. Four Artist's editions, is going to be coming out as well. Uh, there's going to be a Jurassic World series. Oh, I
0: can't wait to see that. There's going to be
1: a, a Misfits series, which is going to be pretty much a spinoff of Gem and the Holograms from Kelly Thompson. And the cover is going to be done by Shuri. And, you know, I mean, this is a lot. Like, there's a thing called Insufferable from Mark Wade and Peter Krause. And just a bunch, yeah, a even, list.
0: Even they've got another imprint called It's Alive coming, which looks like it's going to be kind of a horror-type imprint, too. So, you know, maybe challenging Dark Horse there a little bit.
1: And so. the way I want to end this segment is by talking about the Eisner Awards real quick. But first of all, John Barrowman a goddamn gift to the world.
0: Yes, he is. I mean, the Squirrel <laughs> Girl, the Harley Quinn. Yes. I mean, how can you go wrong? That guy should host...
1: Everything. Yes. Uh, but to top it all off, Iw actually won a few Eisners, actually, won three awards, uh, including Best Rally based Work for March Book. So again, congratulations to them for winning those Eisners, and congratulations to all the Eisner winners for this year. And I'm going to tell you right now, man, I know this is a different publisher, but we had Gene Ha on the show mm-hmm. a while back. If May does not win for art, it's a crime.
0: I know, even colors. I mean, it's got to win for something. It's a beautiful, beautiful book, and there's a lot of beautiful books out there. But this one, there's just something about it. I really, really hope that that Gene gets a little bit of a bump for this next year. And there's, and there's a bunch of our a bunch of our friends that have been on the show that uh, we'd like to see get recognized as well. So hopefully that is the case.
1: And before I forget, there's one more thing we forgot to mention. The way we did it... Oh, that's
0: right. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, Jeff Loeb has been calling us. He's like, show the thing. Show the clip. And we're like, (laughs) knock it off, Jeff, we'll we'll get to it. (laughs) We're going to do it at the end, Jeff. We're going to do it at the end, Jeff. So what we're going to do is talk about the Legion trailer. Of course, Fox's FX Legion. The first trailer of it was shown at the Cup of Joe panel for Marvel. And listen... It's X Men, but when you go really, really deep into the canon, into the characters, like when you're not away, when you're away from the team, and you're going off with different people. I was a little bit confused by it. I was confused too. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it definitely
0: looks interesting, and it looks like the power set will definitely be interesting, right? But y- you can't help but be a little confused. I mean, you gotta be a. De- I mean, you're a big X Men fan, but. I mean, you're really digging really deep here. I mean, you, this is like a hunt for fossils where you're already halfway <laughs> through the ground and you're still looking and then you find something you're like, I have no idea where this is from.
1: <laughs> exactly. And it, it looks interesting. We'll, we'll see when it comes out. And it's one of the things, again, where you're going deep into a certain canon or certain mythos or whatever yeah. uh, with some of these characters. And it's like, okay, how are you going to build these up? But again, we were talking about this the other night. We're saying, well because you don't really know a lot about these characters if, unless you have unless you've read, you know, Legion and stuff like that you would look at these characters and say, okay, we have x of episodes, we can build these characters in the way we want to build them, might actually introduce help. them better uh, in ways where people don't have to go back and read the books. You know, they can reach, watch the show and we can flush these characters out perfectly right. it's over like, a span of x of episodes.
0: Right, it's like people don't know about these characters anyway, so, you know, let's do it for the general public and even for some comic book fans that might not know, so
1: why not? And that's going to do it for what we're reading this week. San Diego Comic-Con edition. But come up next. We have a plethora, a plethora of more trailers that I can count on my one hand are coming up next on the Down and Nerdy Podcast. Hey, this is Beauty Wong from Gotham on Fox, and you're listening to the Down and Nerdy Podcast. It's
0: not just this week in Geek Tainment. It's this past weekend geektainment, Geek Tainment, and there's a boatload of trailers to talk about, Nick. So what do you say we just dive right in? What do you want to start with?
1: Well, let's see, there's 14 trailers that we have to cover right now. 14. So let's start off, let's go panel by panel. Let's start off with, of course, the Warner Brothers Pictures panel. Let's start off with Wonder Woman.
0: Man, I was so happy. Let's just put that out there right now. My wife watched this trailer six times. Really? Six. She is all in, and I think for female fans, that's exactly... What DC and Warner Brother want here, it was picturesque, it was beautiful, it kicked ass, it was even funny, which I didn't expect.
1: Well, again, that's, I think, the lighter side of DC we're going to start seeing in these movies. And I think that when you look at this movie, watching this trailer only fueled my thing of, this is what should have kicked off the DC universe.
0: Yeah, I agree, I totally agree. Because
1: not only does it take place in World War One. But you have, you know, it's Wonder Woman, you know. It's not like you're starting off with an Aquaman movie or a Cyborg movie. You're starting off with Wonder Woman, you know. And if you want to go in chronological in time, it would match. And, you know, so here's the thing. Is Ares going to be, you know, the main villain? There's that scene where she's walking in what seems to be that that ball or party. And you see him standing there as the guy. You know, That's not announced who he's going to be. But... He played striker, I believe, in uh, X Men Origins Wolverine, and yeah. they're saying that he might be Ares. So, Diana, it seems like that doesn't. I tell you, man, when she walks in, she has that sword attached to the back of her dress. I'm like, okay, shit's about to go yeah, down. That's
0: exactly what I thought when I was watching it too. And it's funny as she was fighting in the World War One setting, all I could think to myself was, man, if we had Wonder Woman, that would have
1: made that. I know, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I mean, but that's I want to say is that so cool the way Patty Jenkins. It looks to be shooting. This is I like that we're getting the old school type of battle, you know, yes. sword and shield versus the modern tech, if you will, of machine guns and rifles.
0: Man, I'll tell you this too: the lasso of truth looks beautiful. It stands out so well on the screen. Man. I thought it was
1: a little bit bright, but again, you know, there are covers where it's really, really bright, where it's you know, it's pretty much a, the only light source. Uh, I would tone it down a little, but other than that, it does look really well. It's like like the
0: bright light in in a black and white world, though. I'm wondering if that's kind of a metaphor type Mm, thing.
1: Probably. And, you know, but I like the fact she's using it as a weapon, that she's using it to lasso people and grab their legs and everything else, tie them up and everything Mm -hmm. else. You know, it's just her fighting style looks fluid and beautiful and strong. Like when you see her fight, you get the sense of this is a strong, strong woman. Oh, yeah. And the, the
0: thing at the end of the trailer where she was talking to the secretary and she's like, "Where I come from, that's called slavery." Yeah, and that's, that's
1: funny. That's and that's great, but it also shows the strength and the feministic ideal right. of Wonder Woman without you
0: know? without shoving it right in your face like some movies tend to do. You know, I like that they're doing it this way.
1: Yeah, and the way she says it, slavery. Yeah, like, like yeah. I'm like yeah, that's pretty awesome. And Chris Pine's like, "Okay, come on, let's go." <laughs> <laughs> uh but i mean no it looks to be a really really uh impressive movie and of course you get that theme that 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 theme of wonder woman that i like uh end when they show the logo i love it mm-hmm. and then that of course transitions into justice league now i will say this after i watched this probably about 10 times i immediately was blaring jack white's iggy thump nonstop.
0: You know, didn't it seem like when this struck... First of all, I didn't think we'd get this much footage. Second of all... Right. Um, I didn't think they'd release it. And third of all, didn't it seem like everybody was linking arms and going, happy, happy, joy, joy, happy, <laughs> happy, happy, joy? Because it's like, we're happy now.
1: It's okay. <laughs> if they're happy, I think it's like, hey, we're going to infuse some light in right, here. Right, but That's it's like the- Zack Snyder's <laughs> like, I right. can be, be happy too. <laughs> right. Well, again, I think it's being more witty than happy, yeah. really. Yeah. And... Uh, I mean, you know, you look at this thing and, you know, Batman is pretty much you know, trying to, you know, get the Justice League together, him and Wonder Woman, but he was pretty much Bruce Wayne is looks to be doing most of the recruiting. Uh, I'll say this, man. Aquaman looks fucking awesome.
0: He does, and he looks like he's going to be a real huge force to be reckoned with. Because, that, and I think he's going to be a, a little bit
1: of a pain in the ass in terms of Bruce oh, Wayne. Oh,
0: yeah. Well, I mean, that goes... True with the new badass Aquaman that Jeff Johns brought to light, too, so that should not surprise people.
1: And remember, he is, you know, both of land and sea, so who knows what his mindset's going to be like in that. Uh, I do like, I mean, the scene of the waves just crashing over him, I thought that was great. Uh, And then one person who we felt like, really? How's this going to work out with this casting was Ezra Miller. I'm telling you right now, after this trailer, I am sold on him as Barry Allen.
0: I'm just gonna go. I mean, come on, come on! You can't see that and not be sold on the dude. He practically stole the show in a Justice League trailer with right. everybody in it. I mean, I, and maybe they did that on purpose because of people saying that when they weren't sold on him, especially especially after the really short cameo in Batman versus Superman, man. He's going to be such a good Barry Allen, and he's talked about being a fan of Grant Gustin's as well, and you see some of that kind of awkward movement that we see from Gustin's character on TV. I think that it's just going to match up so well. And the suit, stop complaining about the suit. The suit... I like
1: it. I like it, too, because it's based, not solely, but it's heavily influenced by the Injustice suit. Yep. And I remember, there was that report that came out a while ago, I think it was a month or so ago, that, hey... Bruce Wayne is be making some sort of tech and stuff like that for all the Justice League members, so you know, and certain gadgets. So maybe the suit, you know, granted, uh, we see when Bruce Wayne's there, but you know, who knows? Maybe he does something to, you know, alter it some way. Yeah, but
0: uh, I think they'll all change and evolve a little bit as we go, for sure.
1: Now, my main worry, of course, though, is that this is a, a still a Zack Snyder hell movie, so we'll see how it goes. But I'm not gonna lie, man, cyborg. I, you want to talk about a character who's kind of like, I don't see say machismo, but he's really uh, got that angst. I mean, granted, he was a football player turned into a robot, so I think he could have enough angst if, as there yeah. is. But I think he's going to be the one. You want to talk about something that's going to be on guard most of the film. I think it's going to be him.
0: And it's fresh for him, too, so the anger's right there boiling up at the, at the surface. So I think that that's part of it, and I think we'll see that ease off a little bit as he evolves as a character in the DC universe. And I'm not sure how many movies he's going to be in either, so that's another thing. But I think because it's so on the surface, we'll see a little bit edgier uh, Cyborg than we usually would.
1: Right, exactly, and again, you know, with this movie, again, it's agains helmed by Zack Snyder, but I think this is his last shot. The guy
0: got booed, okay? He yeah, got boo- he was got the booed.
1: only one that got booed. He got booed, and rightfully th- so. But I mean, you know, I, I look at this movie real quick before we move on to the next trailer. i um, you know, it's one of those things where it's like I know Banderas, Suman, I didn't like it at all, but after everything with Johns taking over the whole DC universe pretty much as the head, and I'm just looking at this as like. I know it's a trailer, I know it's only two minutes of probably what's going to be a two and a half hour or three hour movie but I still, as a nerd as a comic book fan, I have a little bit of optimism and you have to have that
0: that two minutes two and a half minutes felt so much different than any two and a half minutes that Batman vs. Superman put out in any trailer or first, first look or whatever and that it just showed, Jeff John's influence showed so much through this, so I have more hope going into this than I did going into Batman vs. Superman.
1: Exactly. And the next trailer we're going to talk about is Kong Skull Island. Now, one thing we have pretty much found out, too, about this trailer as well is that, hey, it's set during the Vietnam era. It it's takes place, well, I mean, it's shot in Vietnam, but in the jungles there, but this takes place during the 1970s.
0: Seriously, guys, go back to the comic that Nick reviewed a couple weeks ago, the Kong Skull Island from Boom Studios. Get it. Because this, I mean, it shows the indigenous tribe, which we see in the trailer. We get to see why they go there and everything like that. Why they end up on Skull Island in the first place. It's just such a great setup. And so many comics fail to do that. But this seems like it's going to be such a great setup to the movie.
1: Right. And Tom approaches is a tracker. And they and then they asked the director, you know, why did you set this in the Vietnam era and stuff like this and this time period. And he pretty much said, hey. I wanted to set it in an era where we felt like there was a part of the Earth that hasn't been discovered yet due to GPS technology and stuff like that. He's like, I wanted to set it in a modernist time where we can have certain technology, you know, like, you know, of course, like helicopters and certain things that they may be using in there. But he just said he wanted to set it in that time period and in that setting because of just the nature. He wanted you to pay attention to nature and stuff like that. And I just want to say right now, I love because I I believe they're trying to make this a whole universe with Kong, I think even Godzilla. Yes. I love that they made King Kong as big as Godzilla. He's not just this giant ape that we saw in Peter Jackson's. He is, like like, probably Empire State Building height, pretty much. At
0: least. And that's exactly what they needed to do. Now, granted, we kind of only see just the head. We see a quick little shot of the body, Right. So, but, yeah, they're going to make him enormous. And I love the tension that's already built up between the cast that you see with John Goodman's
1: character oh, and John Goodman's Jackson. Gonna be, oh, yeah.
0: he's going to be amazing. John Goodman. Amazing.
1: John Goodman, I think, I'm selling the collins right now. I think John Goodman's going to be the uh, – I know Brie Larson's in this. I know Tom Hilson's in this. But I think – You want to talk to someone who's going to steal the show, I think it's going to be John Goodman. I would have said
0: the exact same thing. Especially
1: when you saw him, I saw him in Cloverfield Lamb. Like, this is a guy who who just demands the screen, and he commands it really, really well. Uh, I look forward to that. And then the last trailer that was shown at the Warner, Warner Brothers Pictures panel was the Fantastic Beasts trailer. And I look at this, and it's intriguing. I'll say that.
0: I'll say this. As, as somebody who didn't really have a fandom for Harry Potter, I'm probably more interested in this than I have been in any other Harry Potter movie so far. And maybe because I'm an outsider, I can feel that way. I could see that somebody who's a Harry Potter fan like you that grew up with it wouldn't be. But for me, I, I kind of like the concept. It's like these beasts have come out. And, they, well, you know, if they're provoked, they'll attack you, but we need to catch them before they get hurt or get well, hurt no, by a no. man. I,
1: I didn't mean you know, I didn't like the trailer. I'm not going to be excited for this movie. I'm going to be excited for this movie. Then when I go see it, uh, it's just one of those things that, uh, there's just something when I watch the trailer, I don't know. Is it, it Colin Farrell? <laughs> no, it's not. no. I you know what it is? I think it's the fact of I'm not sure. I've, maybe there have been reports on it, but I'm not sure of is this going cuz this is a book that was that Harry had or one of the kids had for like one of their classes so yeah, is this yeah. going to be like a story within the book or is this going to be taking place like within the legit Harry Potter world. Yeah, so that's, that's,
0: that's a good question, because remember in The Magicians, the show, it, they, it's based, you know, there's a book that they read, but then it find, you find out it's an actual place, so maybe they decide to go that route, where you think it's a book, but it's an actual place right. type deal, so they might do that.
1: Right, exactly, but I mean, it looks interesting, I mean, I like the time period that it takes place in, and, uh, you know, it's this whole... These beasts have gotten out, and he's got to put him back in the bottle, pretty much. And, yeah, and, uh,
0: and he, the mankind themselves seems like they could be playing kind of an enemy in this, too, which yeah, I think is an interesting take.
1: Pretty much. It was it's one of those things where it's like, you know, they, you know, they call them uh, nomads, you know, non-magics. That's the American term for muggle. And they're saying, you know, like, when they get scared, they, you know, and they're fearful, they do drastic things. And that's what we're going to see in this movie.
0: Right, exactly. You know, people feel what, what they don't understand, as the old saying goes.
1: And, of course, Marvel fit, capped off the night with their Marvel Studios panel. Now, listen, they did show the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer, or at least what appears to be a clip from it, from Volume 2. But James Gunn says they're not releasing the trailer because it's the whole thing of like you know they, people waited in line for Hall H. They want it right. to be that way. We're not going to describe it because it's like – even though we know what it entails – it just, we don't want to talk about it when not everybody has seen it. You know? Yeah,
0: and same thing with Spider-Man Homecoming. I know we got a little bit of that as well, and they did release at least some concept art so you could see Vulture and everything like that, but we don't feel like it's our place to, to describe these things. When they do decide to release something, we want you to be able to see it with fresh eyes and, and be excited about it not not get anything spoiled. So, I, th- I mean, I think that's the stance that we're going to take on it as well. We're going to respect their, uh, their stance as well.
1: Exactly. So, of course, let's just dive into the trailer that they did show and release. Doctor Strange, the second trailer for it. and dude... Okay, I'll say this. When I first watched this new trailer... I got a little bit of a headache. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, I mean, it's hard, and I think that this movie is going to be a little bit of that as well as far as the aesthetics go because, I mean, there's just going to be so much going on. I mean, like, worlds turning and all this other stuff. Right. But I, I got to tell you, you know you know how big of a fan of, of magic stuff I am and the fact that we're going to get a little bit of an edge on the dark universe of Marvel, finally, right. in the MCU. I'm so stoked for this.
1: <laughs> I just want to say that it's probably no more badass of a gif right-, right now than... Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and Stephen Strange just throwing the cape, coming like throwing it on him, pretty much. Yeah, he's I walking, mean,
0: and he just looks like he belongs in. That I know, suit, man. It's just like he was born to play this. I mean, you could say that a lot about Benedict Cumberbatch because he's awesome. But this is the character that I think is really going to let him stretch himself. You know, mm-hmm.
1: and I'll say this right now: this trailer, after this trailer. People need to stop on the whole Tilda Swin thing because this shows why she was picked to play the Ancient One.
0: Yeah, I mean, we really need to stop. And I know that there's a lot of sensitive issues going on right now, especially in the world of Hollywood. But can we stop and at least give people a chance to play the roles that they're given before we start judging. I mean, she ends up sucking or it ends up that, you know, maybe they should have picked somebody else or maybe somebody of Asian Asian descent or whatever. Once we actually see the movie, okay, you can harp on it then. But for now, can we at least give her a chance in a two, two and a half hour span to see if she was the right person for the part before ripping this apart?
1: Right. Now here's a big, here's my main concern with Dr. Strange. Now this deals with the whole mystic side of Marvel you see buildings bending, you see stuff like that happening, you know, things being condensed and everything else. How are they going to discuss and, you know, let people know what's going on who's watching right, this right. without them being confused or throwing in so much, like, magic-style words that people can be like, say, I got it, but they didn't get it, you know?
0: It, it's like a movie – Based on anything militarily, and there's too much military jargon, or something that's based on computers and hacking and coding, and there's too much coding jargon, and the average person's going to go, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> you know, and they and you kind of drift off at that point because if you don't understand what the hell is going on, you're not going to remain interested. So I, I right there with you.
1: And my only fear too is, of course, Mads Mikkelsen. We now know he is going to be playing C- Cassilius in this movie. Again, it's the villain. Thing that Marvel's kind of had a problem with a little bit where we see him in a trailer like I am Death, I am this, but really, what you know, what I'm saying, like, yeah, what's yeah. gonna what does that entail? Like, well, what kind of a fight will we see? Here's gonna be the interesting aspect of this because we all know that Edge of 4 is playing Mordo. Will we see because remember in the trailer we see him kind of fighting alongside Stephen Strange? Will we see Mordo? kind of turn towards the dark side of Dormammu. We have
0: to. We have will we,
1: to. Will we see that interesting yeah. change of character? You know, the guy. will we see the guy saying, no, this is the Wi-Fi password. We're not savages to, I dis- I dislike Stephen Strange because I should be the, you know, Sorcerer right. Supreme, right. not him. By the way, doesn't Sorcerer Supreme sound like a style of pizza you would order?
0: Or something at Taco Bell. Right. To get, you know, like that special limited-time offer. Get right. your Sorcerer Supreme that'll also come with six tacos and nachos. Yeah.
1: <laughs> But uh, I think that this is pretty – it's going to be pretty uh, interesting of a film. Again, it's going to be – I think of all the Marvel movies, I don't mean to sound belittling. I think this is going to be the first Marvel movie that makes the audience think.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that either. There's nothing wrong with just having fun. No. I will never begrudge Marvel for that. But yeah, this is going to be like an Inception-type movie where you're going to have to figure certain things out as you go.
1: Exactly, that's going to do it for, of course, the movie side of it, so let's dive into the television. Let's start off with the Arrow Universe. Of course, it's been announced, yeah, Flashpoint is happening, and we got the first look at what the world's going to look like since Barry Allen saved his mother last season.
0: And at first it looks like it's all sunshine and roses for Barry, and then you find out, okay, Iris doesn't know who he is, and all this other stuff's going on. And Joe doesn't like him. Right, Joe hates him, but I will say Wally... Keenan Lonsdale looks legit as this flash. kid flash. Oh yeah. Look at that. I mean, in action, I want I said, I want to see it in action. We did a little bit. I'm digging it, man. Looks
1: good. It looks good. And you know, we see, of course, Barry talking to Eobard and he's like, I, Eobard's playing my games and saying, I'm not the bad guy. Now you right. pretty much ruined your life. Nobody else did. I mean, I
0: can't wait to see the little things that we see as a fallout from this. And, you know, I, there are a couple of people that said, well, it looks like it's just going to be one or two episodes and that's it. After seeing this? No, it's not. I think it's
1: going to be the whole season. I think it's going to be the, probably at least, halfway. at least half to three-fourths of yeah. the season.
0: Because it's they crazy. do need to have some, they, need to, they do need a few episodes for cleanup, I think. So I think that you will see that but you, a little bit.
1: Before we move on to Arrow, you mentioned something very interesting when we were texting you earlier. You want to tell people about that?
0: Well, we were talking about the Legends of Tomorrow reveal, how they're going to do the Legion of Doom thing, which I think is really cool and a nice callback to my childhood. But I think that if you look at what's going on and everything that's happening with Flashpoint, doesn't it just kind of feel like at some point... We're going to get, because of the Legion of Doom now, a Justice League of America. Maybe not like a show, but a coming together at least, because there's going to be multiple crossovers. They announced that. And and we're going to s- actually hear themselves call themselves Justice League of America at some point.
1: Yeah, and that's going to be interesting. Remember, they cast Superman, Supergirl now, so it's going to be very interesting. Does this whole Flashpoint thing mean Thomas Wayne? is going to be bad. Right, and
0: we didn't get any of that, which I thought was interesting. So either they don't know if they want to do that or they haven't struck the deal yet or they don't want to do that at all. And they don't have to do that either, by the way. Just because everybody wants it and there was a rumor doesn't mean it has to happen.
1: Right, now let's move on, of course, to Arrow. And pretty much, you want to talk about from last season where Ollie, you know, Damon Duck has been killed and now everybody's pretty much left Team Arrow for the most part, except for Felicity. And in a sense this season you know it deals with him of course training these new vigilantes if you will this I think is going to be the conflict of Oliver of him may wanting to do it alone compared to maybe he's training these people, and they're like, they're not good enough. And he's like, shit, i got to go out on my own and do this.
0: Yeah, and I think that we're going to see that a lot in the beginning of the season. But I do like that we're going to get kind of the teacher Oliver to see if he can be a mentor. I mean, obviously, he did a really good job with, with Roy and, right. uh, and making him Red Arrow and Arsenal. So we'll see how he does with a basically untrained group. That he's going to have, and I think Echo Kellum coming in as a series regular is going to be really great. We're going to get, and they said in the panel we're going to get more of his backstory and why he actually wants to be a vigilante and fight crime in the first place. Him falling off the salmon ladder was hilarious. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it'll just be interesting to see how this new team is accepted because this kind of feels like a little bit of a reset button for Arrow a little bit, even though it's not because it's from Fallout. It feels like a little bit of a reset button, so it'll be very interesting to see how us as fans react to how the beginning of this season goes.
1: Yeah, exactly. And again, it's going to be really interesting to see uh, what they're going to do from a villain standpoint as well as the season progresses. Now, let's because
0: m- we don't really know. They said Prometheus is going to be the one pulling the strings, but who's the villain? We still don't know.
1: Right, exactly. Now let's move on, of course, to Fox. And let's start off with our good old friends, Joe Henderson and the gang from Lucifer.
0: Man, did they give you just enough? Oh, they did. that sneak peek, or or didn't they? They didn't really reveal much, but that was really good. So you kind of see, one one character that really intrigues me, besides Mum, is the L character, the new forensic scientist. Yeah,
1: (laughs) she's a hugger. (laughs) She's a
0: hugger, she's perky, but what they also revealed, and I think this is going to be really interesting, she is devout. Oh, yeah. Faith. So that's gonna be really interesting because you know, Lucifer plays no you know, he he says he's Lucifer, he doesn't hide it at all. So how is that dynamic gonna be as we go?
1: Right. And here's an impression here's the thing I'm gonna to wanna too. Would there be a point where he just reveals himself to her as Lucifer?
0: Yes, that will be that would be really interesting. Speaking of reveal, revealing themselves, this looks like it's gonna be the season of Maze because we're gonna get the more of the demon side of Maze this season. Well,
1: remember there there the there's a question between Amenadiel and Lucifer and they're kinda of talking, and it's like, did Maze mm-hmm. release Mom? Did That's is, a good is, question. Is, is she the reason why mom is back and on earth and released?
0: Because, remember, she's trying to do anything to make Lucifer who Lucifer used to be. Right. Clearly, this is the only thing that scares him, so... This will be very interesting to find out what Leslie and Brant has up her sleeve this year,
1: <laughs> and hopefully, no be nobody flying any drones. So DB Woodside, no, has that to was a great story. Give him really. a talking to. So we'll quickly talk about that real quick. So pretty much, they're at the panel, and uh, they're talking about how the scene where they sort of burns his wings in the beach. Well, apparently, you know, it's a close set. You don't want people recording. Somebody was flying a drone over the set, pretty much near the set, and they the security. You know they went list of security, so DB Woodside pretty much got up in their face and was like, "You better stop with this damn droid right now!" And then the guy locked him, ran and locked
0: himself in his car. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like. Dude, I wouldn't mess with D B either. I don't know what these security guys had going, but I wouldn't mess with D B. Well, I mean we talked to DB, you
1: know? We yeah. We know, you know we know DB. And yeah, we don't want any any uh and he's the a nice side.
0: dude, but if he turned it on, man, nope, I'm out.
1: No, I'm and out. uh exactly. And you know, moving on to the things that are darker, there's a lot of things dark things going on in the city of Gotham, and of course Gotham is getting ready to kick off another season, and you know, man, I, I, this you know, we talked about how this show up until this point has shown the dark side of Gotham how pretty much the city was always corrupt. It was never clean, it was always corrupt. This I think is critical mass, or at least at the yep. the the peak I if you will, of the Gotham being of Gotham being broken.
0: And how much are the core of owls really gonna screw oh, things yeah. up this year? I mean, it looks like we got a little peak of a of a talent like a like a uh, zero year talent yeah. right there at the end. Mm-hmm. So that's gonna be really interesting. Uh, Hugo Strange is still around. That's the thing about Gotham. Everybody lurks around.
1: So yeah, he's still but around. So- yeah, but Curtis yeah. so Fish Mooney. Yeah.
0: We know how we feel about that and apparently she's not going away at least not in the early going and her and Penguin are going to renew their rivalry and that's the only thing I worry about with this show man. And one thing that Ben McKenzie said to he said in an interview with TV Line. I think he was just trolling people but I wanted to bring it up saying that Jim Gordon could temporarily become another character in some way which we kind of saw already. Yeah. So I don't know if he's trolling people or if he's trying to give people a hint of something that's going to happen but you know, people are very critical of Gotham and how they kind of changed the mythos a little bit. So, like you said, even though it's going to be a, this is going to be a little bit of a game-changer, I think it could also be, you better be really careful right now because well, after here's, Fish Mooney's return, people are a little on edge with this show.
1: Well, here's the thing, and here's what I worry about the most, is that you mentioned the whole, oh, they're going to the whole robbery with her and Penguin again. It's like, I really hope, and I really do, as a fan of the show, as somebody who you know, we've talked to a bunch of the cast members and stuff like that, I really hope that this isn't a show that rests on its laurels in terms of just rests on rival- rivalries that were yeah. squashed and they find a way to bring them back and then they squash them again and they bring them back. I don't want that. I want to be able the best shows, especially ones that deal with comics, are ones that are able to close the book and open up a new issue and start new and say this was in the past, this person isn't coming back, and if they do come back, it's not till much, much later on.
0: Right, and that was our frustration with Agents of Shield for a couple seasons: is that Ward, they wouldn't let the Ward thing go, and then they made but, it different.
1: But then they did let Ward go; we cried. <laughs> right, exactly. So
0: you can't win for losing, apparently. But they made it. They made it good, and I guess they're trying to do that with Fish Mooney. But I don't really think you can do anything with Fish Mooney. I, I don't. I don't like Fish Mooney. And yeah. I wish that they would have let that go, but. I mean we'll see we still have plenty of good things to look forward to in Gotham like Tabitha and, and Barbara are gonna open up a nightclub together. That's not gonna be trouble at all, I'm
1: sure. Yeah, man, it's gonna be very, very interesting to see what happens, especially with those two. But moving on, we're still staying in the DC realm. We're going to the Justice League, we're going animated, we're going with Justice League action. And when I saw this, the first thing was I looked at was this is Teen Titans go for a little bit of an older crowd, probably sixteen to fifteen year olds.
0: There's gonna be over hundred and fifty. DC characters in this show. So if you're a Wrap voice your head actor. around that for a second. So if
1: you're a voice actor. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. And we're getting good
0: ones. We get Mark Hamill. We get Con- Kevin Conroy. We get a bunch of other good ones. Patton Oswald's going to be voicing Space Cabbie as well and a whole bunch of other voices. So it's not like they're going on the cheap here. No. But I will say this. they The two things that they wanted to focus on the most, they said in the panel, was action right out of the gate and making it fun. And to me, when you see this trailer, you get exactly that.
1: Oh, well, was it? You know, you see, was it, one woman throwing the Batmobile or she was throwing some yes! major weapon, you know, vehicle, and you're it's like, like, come on, man. Did she just throw that? Yeah, <laughs> And and I'm going to tell you right now, Firestorm, just from what I'm gathering, is going to be kind of like, if, you, well, if you're somebody who watches Teen Titans Go, he's going to be that beast boy in a sense, you know? Oh, he's gonna, definitely. You know, I can fix it with duct tape. Lots of duct tape. (laughs) He's
0: going to be the biggest comic relief of the show. One of the things that also interested me is they said they're going to try and put really serious characters in goofy situations sometimes. So, I mean, think about like Martian Manhunter having to sell ice cream cones or something like that. Right. Or be undercover.
1: Or even when they showed in the – you know, they showed us in the uh, the sneak peek when Wonder Woman's on Thumscara and she's like, you know, you have these men, you know, who are leading you or your partners. She's like, ah, they're more like sidekicks.
0: Right, exactly. So I think that this is going to be one of those things where if you have kids, you can watch it, but there's also going to be something for the adults in there. And I think that's the kind of animated series that you look for.
1: Right, exactly. Exactly. Now let's move to NBC. This is going to be the last trailer before we go into our streaming shows. This is going to be the last network trailer we talk about. And Blind Spot, dude, you want tensions? Our buddy Martin Giro, who's a showrunner, of Blind Spot. Just, you want to talk about tension? This had a lot of it. And the theme is going to be, who can you trust?
0: Dude, when they have that whole scene where they're saying, we're just going to bring her back, like nothing happened. Oh, yeah. Oh, and then, man, I went to full hype level when I saw Sullivan Stapleton. No, 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 no. Sullivan motherfucking Stapleton. That's right. Just going toe to toe with Jamie Alexander. Like, man, we're going to get a fight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, cause, and then there's just a, there's a line in there that really grabbed me where she's like, you knew I wasn't Taylor Shaw. Why did you pretend I was? And he, or why did you think I was? He goes, I wanted to believe that you were.
0: Think and, about him at the end of that season. Oh, my
1: God. When he's when he finds the remains of Taylor, yeah, and his when dad he finds dies. Out, yeah,
0: yeah, he forgives his dad right then in that moment, and then he finds out what really happened. Oh, my oh, God. Dude, and he finds the body, and then he finds out that's... Then, by association, Jane is not Taylor and all kinds of other stuff, and it's just... His world explodes. How do you expect him to feel?
1: Oh, he's... he want to tell... I think we're going to see Weller at the point of... Not totally bottom of the bottle in terms of just you know where he is in his life, he's going to be really really down. But he's I think he's going to be like, well maybe there's a possibility, you know, or maybe you know yeah, it's, it's one of those he things. He has to hold it together too though. That's the thing. right, right, exactly. And it's one of those things where it's like, is he holding it together to pretty much try to keep the team intact? Or is it more of his own sanity and his his wanting to find and believe the best in people, in a sense? Mm -hmm,
0: Exactly. That's the point. I can't wait to see that.
1: And let's move on to our streaming shows. And we got to look at Netflix's Marvel's Luke Cage, man. I got to tell you, I am so hyped for this show.
0: Man, Marvel knows how to pick a soundtrack with Netflix. Oh, when you
1: play Wu-Tang Clan to a Luke Cage trailer and you have him rapping somebody in a car door? Yeah. You got my attention.
0: Here's the deal, though, man. What is it with Marvel and Netflix and Hallways? I don't think... I would is. never meet anybody in a hallway in any of those shows ever.
1: <laughs> I'm not keen on walking it's, down any hallways It's now. at the point where you're like, Marvel, stuff. stuff. Hall H, we're just going to host it in a hallway. We're just going to host our entire panel in the hallway.
0: Because he beats down, what, six or seven guys <laughs> yeah. in a hallway?
1: Yeah, pretty much, but I like that the whole thing I was just like, you know, you're this guy, and you know, the city needs you, and the borough needs you, and, you know, of course, Cottonmouth is going to be the main uh, person here, the main antagonist, and there was a scene that, that was shown, and it's just beautiful, where apparently, I, I believe this was the showrunner, the writer of the show, was really good friends with the Notorious B.I.G., and there's a scene where Cottonmouth has this biggie painting, you know, with the crown and everything, mm-hmm. And the way the camera pans out from it to where he's standing in front of it, the crown is placed perfectly on his head.
0: I know it's a beautiful shot, man. It really is, and I liked how they talked about. It. He goes, "You're the hero of Harlem, huh?" And yeah. then there's these, and then there's that laugh, and like, man, yeah. it's gonna be good.
1: It's gonna be really, really good. Speaking of it's gonna be pretty good. It seems to be pretty interesting. Of course, you know they had the Star Trek fiftieth uh, anniversary panel, and of course they showed the trailer to CBS's streaming Star Trek show, we also got a new... Well, we know the name of it now. It's going to be called Star Trek Discovery. Now, there wasn't much to it. It was just the, you know, Discovery leaving port pretty much. But what did you think when you saw what the ship looks like and kind of what the effects look like? Being that, mind you, this is CBS, but this is also a show that is on CBS streaming.
0: Right, right. Uh, ship looks good. Um, I think that one worry that we can still all have is that it was ship in port, leaving port not necessarily actually doing anything you know we didn 't see it really flying through space we didn 't see it in combat or anything like that, so I think that's still a legitimate concern, but I mean, look back at the budgets for Star Trek the Next Generation and even the original Star Trek series, and they did okay you know for the times that they had they did they did pretty good with that so i don 't know that we ha- that we have to have too much of a worry, but the point you make is and it 's the point we've been making since we find out about the show it 's CBS streaming and how much money is cbs going to want to pump in to a streaming show look at supergirl right. as a matter of fact supergirl was really expensive that was already on the main flagship of cbs now move those effects over to the streaming how much money are you going to invest in that
1: exactly that's something we're going to find out as the show gets released and as the season goes on and starts but that's going to do it for this week and geek tamer or i should say this weekend in Geek 14 trailers in the books on the show. Come up next, there's a bunch of nice and big, big news that was announced at SDCC, including, yes, Vengeance is coming to Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hey, guys, this is Chloe Bennett from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and you're listening to the Down and Nerdy Podcast. Well, James, time to go around the convention hall and see what's trending and what's new in the forms of what was said at the panels over SDCC this past weekend, because it's time for what? Nerd 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 News! News! And teasing into this segment, I said Vengeance was coming to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and we all know that Ghost Rider is going to be in Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this season for Season 4, and... They're not going with Johnny Blaze, they're going with somebody else, James. They're going to be going with Robbie Reyes, as a matter of fact, which I think is kind of a good call,
0: because they said that, you know, the show is based around family, and that's the kind of, that's the kind of more of the character for Robbie Reyes, you know, the Latino character that they're going to be using for Ghost Rider, and we're going to get a car, not a motorcycle, of course, you know that from Robbie Reyes, so I think this this is cool, man, not only that, you know, we were talking about in our previous show about... What rumors are going to be true? And this was one of those rumors when you looked at it on the surface, you're like, "There's no way they're going to do this because how would they even make this happen?" And it was announced, and I think it's going to be amazing.
1: Yeah, and you know, a while back, I don't know if we really talked about it on the show, but you and I were talking about like when they showed the what was it the buses or whatever they had the, the chain across. They mm-hmm. were like, "Okay, it's Hellfire." Be- okay, so maybe Hellfire is going to play a bigger role in season four or something. It can't be Ghost Rider, right? But lo-, lo and behold, it's Ghost Rider because we always thought that. Hey, Hey, Ghost Rider! And the thing was too, I think a lot of people, especially us, when you think Ghost Rider, we think more Johnny Blaze. You don't yeah. really think Robbie Reyes, you know? So we're like, oh man, you know, you got the thing with the devil and the spirit of vengeance, and everything else like that. That seems more geared maybe towards a possible Netflix series. Who knows, you know? But hey, I'm interested to see how they're gonna pull this off, and I wonder how you know they're gonna introduce him in this because based, based on the whole thing of vengeance is coming. So. Does this mean that he's going to be going up against S.H.I.E.L.D.? Does it mean that he's going to be going after somebody we may not know? i can tell you. Maybe an inhuman?
0: I think it might be teaming up with Daisy. You think? Daisy's going darker. Maybe she needs a partner. She bumps into him. She finds out what he's all about. Because, you know, Daisy's kind of on that vengeance kick right now, too. So... I mean, it could be that that she's just going to team up with him, and maybe Shield is going to try and stop them from doing something that they feel Shield feels like they shouldn't do. Because you know, they're kind of chasing Daisy in the finale, right? In a way or trying to, you know, bring her back into the fold. So maybe we'll see a little bit of that. I mean, there's just a lot of different ways that they can go. And Gabriel Luna, perfect cast for Robbie Reyes. I think they did a great job with that. <laughs>
1: Here's the thing to watch. They, they announced Gabriel Luna as Robbie Reyes, and all of a sudden there's two Ghost Riders, and one of them is uh, Brett Dalton.
0: Yeah, yeah, that would figure, right? All of a sudden we find <laughs> out it's Ward again. Yeah,
1: Ward You've is... You've got to be kidding me. Ward is the spirit of vengeance. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, we, they, they send
0: somebody into space, and like, the floating hive gets sucked back into that
1: person, <laughs> and all of a sudden it's Ward again. You see the devil going through space with like, a astronaut helmet, and he finds like a little bit of hive. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, all right,
0: Brett Dalton's back, but at the same time you've got to be kidding me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I mean it's good. I'm excited for season four and what they're gonna do with this and again we kinda of have a little bit of a thing about like, hey, who's this new director that's you know the head of Shield and stuff like that? We don't know yet. Uh, but we'll find out more as as the season ap- approaches. And also Marvel talked about some of their animated stuff they're doing, especially a uh, Rocket and Groot series as well. And I watched this little short, and it's pretty entertaining.
0: Doesn't it look like Scotty Young style? It does. It really does. I wonder if Scotty's, if they used his designs, if he's going to be involved at all, maybe get a little bit of change for that, you know, a little bit of pocket change for the designs and stuff like that. It just looks really cool. And they're also going to do... The regular Guardians run, but this time they're going to team them up with the the Avengers a little bit more. So maybe our boy Roger Craig Smith going to be voicing Captain America on that. Of course, that hasn't been announced, but that would be cool, right?
1: It'd be hey, Anytime our friend's going to get a job, you know, we're happy. <laughs>
0: yeah, and and for the Hulk fans, they didn't leave you out either. They're actually going to do an animated feature called Hulk, where the monsters dwell, and there's going to be a Doctor Strange team up there. Even the Howling Commandos are going to be in this. How interesting is that?
1: And it's going to be very, very, very interesting. Now, speaking of something that's very, very interesting, it's something that. when Okay, have, I got to preface this. I woke up the other day and I get a text from my phone from James. In all caps, <laughs> they're making a Justice League Dark Eggman movie, and Matt Ryan is going to be playing Constantine.
0: <laughs> I was a little excited, I guess you could say. Yeah. I mean, it's just great, and it looks like it's gonna be the next one. We got to see a little bit of the of the footage that they've already done for it. Justice League Dark gonna be coming out. All your basically all your favorite Justice League Dark characters, if you read the recent comic run, are gonna be in there. And Swamp Thing's gonna be in there. Even Black Orchid, they're gonna work Black or- Orchid in there. The House of Mysteries in there. Zatanna, you name
1: it, and they've got it. Exactly, man. And I mean, they got a really good cast list in here as well, and. You know, uh, the only thing I'm diff- different about is the casting of who they cast for Dead Man.
0: Yeah, Nick DiTuro? That was... <laughs> I did not get that.
1: Well, because you look at Dead Man, you don't picture that voice coming out of him.
0: No, that was my problem with it. I mean, if this was for Justice League action... Yeah, And you wanted to pick Totoro to voice Deadman, maybe I would be a little bit more like, okay, I can see what they're doing there. But this, you know, we should be getting a little bit more of a serious dead man, even though he has that not serious side too. Right. But, you know, it just seems like the rest, he doesn't fit with the rest of about they guy. It's more about, the, t- got, you know? it's
1: more about the, the tonality of the voice. Right. Uh right, exactly. and that's what it comes off as. But, I mean, also coming up after that, we, of course, have Teen Titans, the Judas Contract, which, of course, is going to be the adaptation of the Marv Wolfman and George Perez stories from their seminal run. And that's going to be pretty interesting on what they're doing with Teen Titans. But the big news was, guess what? In 2017... We are getting an animated Batman and Harley Quinn original story from Bruce Timm.
0: And after everything that's been said about the Killing Joke so far, it'll be very interesting to see what's going to happen with this one. Because remember, Bruce Timm added some stuff to the Killing Joke story. And we'll be reviewing Killing Joke on the show at some point, so we're not going to go into it right now. We'll go into it when we're going to review it. but So it'll be very interesting to see where they take this and who else will be in the story because, you know, they've always done a... You know, even Batman versus Robin, we had, you know, Nightwing coming in there and, and, and Talons and stuff like that, so there were other parts of the story. So what is this story going to be about? Is it going to be a, a, some sort of a, a team-up type deal? Is it going to be him going after her and she's trying to branch out to be more of the leader instead? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of different directions they can go.
1: I think... God... I think that this movie might be set around Batman, not necessarily teaming up with Harley, but I think maybe coming together in a sense with Harley or no, I think it, what it might be is I think Harley might be the antagonist in this. And maybe something happened with the Joker where he died or something like that or something happened and, you know, she's going to hold, she's, pretty much lost her shit even more, and now she's going to go on a rampage or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting to, to see what they do with it.
0: I was thinking maybe a forced alliance type thing. It's like, okay, well, we don't want to do this because you're annoying and you've been palling around with the Joker for so long, but because of whatever, we've got to come together and take care of this.
1: Exactly. And you know, I, I, just, I can't wait to see it. And I'm just going to say this right now. If Tara Strong voicing Harley Quinn doesn't get you giddy. Every time you hear her talk as Harley doesn't get you giddy. You have no sense of true happiness. Yeah,
0: you you have no pulse either because I mean, it's just it's the quintessential Harley voice to me. I mean, maybe that's sacrilege for some people, but she just brings that she brings just the right energy to the character, man. It's, and she and she loves doing it, too. That's the other right. thing. And that voice has raised so much money for charity, too. Yeah. So man. let's keep that in mind.
1: Yeah, man. And I mean, that's just a, a bunch, a bunch of great things. But a great thing that happened, you know, we have friends, of course, Melissa Grafano, Bo Smith, and Emily Andrews, who are part of Winona Earp on sci-fi. Well, it was announced this weekend. We are getting a season two of Winona Herb on Sci Fi. Sci Fi picked it up. And I'm not going to lie, man, when I saw the reaction video that Emily posted and shared with us, I almost cried.
0: I had just- to hold back tears. The, the the pure joy on everyone's face. Well oh,
1: they're so there's they're such nice people. Yeah,
0: they really are. And they and they wanted to make such a true adaptation of, of Bo's vision, and I think they absolutely did that. But I'm gonna take it a step further and maybe some people will think that this is too far, but shut up. Basically <laughs> Winona Earp for me and yeah. I'm just speaking for myself. Winona Earp for me when I watched it, that's when I said to myself, Huh. Maybe sci fi's onto something with what they're doing now. So basically, after seeing how much, how great this was, why on Earp was in season one. It's going to it this is actually making me want to check out other shows on Sci-Fi now like Van Helsing and and the incorporated that they've got coming up and stuff like that because of the success of Wine Owner Earth because they had some stuff before that like Dominion that it was like I watched and I'm like okay I liked it at the beginning and then kind of trailed off Wine Owner Earth not only brought legitimacy to that entire network but it brought as far as shows are concerned, because I know Sharknado trended pretty well too. But as far as shows are concerned, the most socially active show sci-fi has probably ever had.
1: Yeah, and I think well, I mean, you look at this too. You look at sci-fi with I know Urban. Also, can't forget the magicians. You know, have I think ushered in a little bit more of a serious era in terms of sci-fi, in terms of television, right. where it's not, you know, you're not going to get Sabretooth versus T-Rex t- Octopus, you know, every Saturday, you know, your, right, or Friday exactly. night. You know, you're going to get some good quality original programming with the magicians, especially wine on Earp, man. I was talking to Bo Smith the other day, actually, and uh, I was just like, I was just so happy for him, and I'm just like, dude, I'm just so happy, yeah. you know, that, you know, this was, this was going to, continue for you guys and Tim Rose and everybody else on the show and Dominique. It's just it's just so happy. I probably watched that video probably like 20 times, man. Tyson it's DeBose great.
0: said it's about damn time. Right. It's like, why didn't they do this sooner? Right. I mean, I guess they wanted to make it closer to SDCC and I wanted to yeah, touch on what you just said a couple minutes ago right. about the magicians. Winona Earp gave me hope that the magicians would be good. Right. And that's one of the reasons I watch the magicians and I love the magicians. So again, it's like Winona Earp. Was, you know, like how, how like Iron Man was the tentpole for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Iron Man was so good; at just the ball started rolling down the hill after right. that. I think Winona Earp is that tentpole that, from now on, sci-fi is just going to start kicking ass across the board.
1: Exactly, man. Again, just we're so ha- Emily, Bo, and Melanie, Dominique, Tim, everybody. You know, uh, on the show, we are just so happy for you guys, and we're so happy to see that you guys are going to be getting a second season, and hopefully more to come as well as the second season. It when it ends to get third and the fourth and so on and so forth. We love this show. A lot of people love the show, and Bo Smith even said he goes, you know, he goes, "Erpers," you know, the fans of Winona Earp are literally the most kind. Humble and you know big hearted fans. He's pretty much knows, you know. And, yeah, all, and
0: they are just socially rabid man. They just spread that show like wildfire. Well, I mean it, that's great.
1: I mean when when hashtag way is pretty much like kicking the, ass on social gifts, media. The gifts that came yeah, out I know. <laughs> when way Hot finally happened. I'm, I'm like, like they, and why don't Herb share that? They share the, yeah. the gift. I'm like. Oh, this is hilarious, yeah. That's it's great. And the flashing text
0: that we're yeah. dealing with and I'm like, oh, this is fantastic. It's like
1: flashing text, and like streamers are coming down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for good reason, too, by the way. Yeah, but that's going to do it for this week's edition of Neuro News. We're going to close the convention doors, and we're going to stand outside the San Diego Convention Center, and we're going to discuss what our takeaways were from this past weekend's con, and a bunch of other things, and we're going to discuss more coming up next. Right here on the Down Nerdy Podcast. Hi, I'm Melanie Scrifano. I play Winona Earp, and you're listening to the Down and Nerdy Podcast.
0: Well, Nick, it's always kind of a sad feeling when a convention is over. So San Diego Comic-Con, it's over. It's wrapped up, like you said before, the doors are closed. So let's talk about just really quickly before we wrap up, some impressions that we got. Is there anything that really stood out to you more than anything else this year?
1: Yeah, it seems like Warner Bros. actually has a direction where they want to go with their DC Cinematic Universe. The fact of Jeff Johns is beneficial now. He is like the head, you know, the CCO or whatever of the the DC Entertainment and stuff like that. So congrats to him on that. But, I mean, this just goes to show when we talked about the trailers earlier, this gives me hope knowing that Zack Snyder isn't the head of this anymore and that Jeff has taken over. And it's just that blew me out of the water with all these trailers. I didn't expect to get ju- a Justice League trailer Ooh. this early in the in the game. And I mean, they they really surprised me. IDW's comic stuff surprised me a lot. And it's just you know, and it surprised me in the form of just like when they said about like what here's what Revolution is going to be. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be an all out. Brawl between these universes and these these characters coming together and how we you know they're going to interact with one another and it's just a lot of great things. Now, something that really uh, disappointed me was the Game of Thrones panel, and it disappointed me only because there wasn't really a lot of things really talked about mm-hmm. per se. Now, I understand that because of the weather and some other stuff that they're not going to be able to release the next season until. That summer of 2017, but I wish we got a little bit more of an idea as to what we're going to get. And I think that's a problem with a show. When you have a show that's wrapped so much in mystery that the, where the cast perhaps doesn't even know what's going to happen, it presents a little bit of an issue. But again, I know we're so far out from the new season being shown, but I believe they did start shooting it, some of it. Um, I just wish I got a little bit more information than we already got. Yeah. And, even, and even possibly, it's to cut you off, but even possibly, like they were mentioning, there were rumors about some, you know, spinoffs possibly of Game of Thrones yeah. and stuff like that. We didn't get anything about that either, which is pretty interesting, too.
0: Yeah, it's funny that we didn't really get much there. And I'll go back to what you said about IDW. It was like IDW stepped up, puffed out their chest, and said, we're here. Yeah. No, we're here. Here we go. Let's do this thing. So I do think that they stepped up. I'll agree with you on DC. One thing that stood out to me, the ladies... Yeah, man. Hey, ladies, step up to the plate because Wonder Woman, the, we'll go back to DC for a second. Wonder Woman was amazing. We find out that Brie Larson is going to be Captain Marvel. Big announcement from Marvel there.
1: And, and also, Superhero Girls panel as well. Shea yeah. Fontana, our friend Shea Fontana, and just the, all the cosplayers that cosplayed as the characters were just, it was amazing. It was a great, and that's the great thing, too, is I want to say this, too, since we're on the, the topic of, of women in comics. It seems like every SDCC. The panels and the convention itself is just, up to, it gets better and bigger for women every year.
0: It really does. And, and the creators, too, were really starting to get a lot of love from them, especially like the Batgirl creative teams and stuff like that for DC with, with Rebirth coming out. And it just, it was just such a great convention for women in entertainment and also in the comics world. I think that that was a big, big step up. One thing that kind of disappointed me, honestly. Mm hmm. Was the Joss Whedon panel Dark Horse? I mean, other. I was expecting. Remember Twist last year? We got. A yeah. New, we heard about Twist, and it was going to be a new series. It was going to be like like a Batman type style female character. Got mm-hmm. nothing on Twist. We got like okay, well Doctor Horrible. We still want that to happen, and here's more Buffy comics, and we're going to do an Angel, but not right now. And it's like, where's the new stuff, man? And he's like, oh, I got something to share with you next year. That's great, but you know, what have you done for me lately? Right. You know? what have you done for me lately, Joss? Love ya. But, uh, and of course, you know, a little bit of fan service with the whole Firefly. Oh, I wish I could tell you about the second season. Well, you can't. So, yeah, <laughs> other than getting a couple cheap Mick Foley pops, what are you doing to us here, Joss? <laughs> so, I mean, I love Joss Whedon. I just, there was really no new stuff there. It was more like a, hey, a sit down with Joss Whedon. Other than, hey, Joss Whedon's going to tell you about some cool stuff that's going to be coming up. So... That was definitely a little disappointing, and, and another big thing that stood out for me is the TV. Bigger year for TV, maybe, than ever at yeah. San Diego Comic-Con. Not just because there was so much of it, but because everything just seemed to jump right out. I can't really think of anything off the top of my head that I saw trailer rise for TV or even in a panel that made me go, ah, no, this it, isn't going to
1: be good. You know, going back to comics real quick, here's here's the thing that I want to talk about, too. Some people are kind of like, oh, why are we only, you know, a lot of the panels are some stuff was talking about like the current stuff that's coming out, or some stuff that is coming, but it's going to be like next month or so. And people need to realize. and I think this is a thing where, like, you know, now we're getting a lot of trailers, and as you mentioned, TV stuff. People need to realize that comics are pretty much for the most part planned out a long time ahead. And I think for the fact of the matter is, is that we expect comic releases in terms of news and like story arcs and information to be kind of like the same thing with movies. When it's not the case, because these things end up you know, going to different arcs and creating different arcs and spin-offs and tie-ins and everything else like that. So when it comes to information, there's not a lot that you can give out. And, you know, I know Marvel's doing her thing, now they're doing some YA stuff. Like, uh, they're going to do stuff, I believe, uh, Miss Marvel, I believe. They're doing stuff with Miles Morales, who yep. will be Spider-Man, and the new YA novels are doing. So they're branching out to different things. And, again, you can't, as, as a fan of comics, you can't expect to get the same information in terms of just... Right. reveals of a comic book thing than a movie thing, you know?
0: And quite frankly, a lot of the comic book reveals from, like, Dark Horse and Boom and stuff like that, like Ether from Dark Horse and a bunch of other stuff that's going to be coming out was was announced before San Diego Comic-Con. Even a crossover between Bionic Woman and Wonder Woman between DC and Dynamite, which is a big move for Dynamite as well. There was a lot of stuff that came out before San Diego Comic-Con because I think that a lot of the, the smaller publishers smaller than DC and Marvel, I mean by that, thought that it might get lost in the shuffle, especially when you look at what IDW had up on the plate with all of their stuff. I mean, they were announcing a Hasbro universe. And, you know, Valiant has some stuff that they're going to be doing too going forward. And they're going to be kind of launching stuff like Britannia, and Faith's going to have an ongoing series as well. So they're going to have new stuff, and a Harbinger comic's going to be coming. But in order to not get lost in the TV movie shuffle, a lot of that stuff was announced beforehand. And, and I mean, kind of a good move. So you can't even say it was a disappointing con for those publishers. Right. Because they had, like, a pre-con thing, so they would know their information got out there.
1: Right, exactly. Again, you had the whole you know, things with valence like that and you also had the whole boom, you know, the 10 days of boom leading up to SDCC right. that we talked about and stuff like that a while back and it's just, again, it's, it's, you know, the way for them to get their name out there. Image didn't really have a whole lot but again, Image is kind of like, I, th- I think Image is more, like, I, th- I could have sworn they tie like Image kind of like that to like, uh, Emerald City Comic Con or I think like it
0: was Emerald City this year at least yeah uh, yeah they do a lot of their major announcements and stuff outside of SDCC which I think is fine they did have panels and it was more like hey the creators going to talk about their books so it was like when we have them on and we talk to them but it was a little bit longer with more creators on there
1: yeah which is and, fine
0: because there was a ton of panels like right.
1: that right and uh, Image Expo is the the name, the correct name of yep. uh, what Image does every year and I think again I think that as you said they do things outside of SDCC which is fine but hey SDCC 2016 is wrapped. That pretty much, I think for the most part, I know con season kind of like it's a year-round thing now, at Wizard World, and stuff like that. But I think really, when you really think like the big stuff, it San Diego is kind of like the, the Super Bowl, and then I think it picks right back up in the fall with New York Comic Con.
0: Yeah, I think October is when it really starts to kick back into high gear with New York Comic Con. And then there's a little bit of lull around Thanksgiving, Christmas, and then they just pick things right back up again.
1: Exactly. That's going to do it for this week's edition of the Donnery Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our coverage of San Diego ComCon 2016. Again, thank you for interacting with us on social media throughout the weekend and everything else. We had a blast telling you of things that happened, some news that came out over the weekend involving SDCC. And I'm not going to lie, my hands are still... Well, hand is still hurting from all this typing and everything else like that. But I'll be fine. I'll be fine for the You've got nice the cartoon
0: week. throbbing hand right
1: now. I, I really, I really really do. But, hey, if you want to hear more of us on social media, hear our thoughts on social media, Run Facebook, facebook.com slash Don Nerdy. We're also on Twitter at nerdy 757 I'm at Merck. With one arm, the one is spelled out. Mr. Witham, go.
0: I'm a James Ace Witham. That's W-I-T-H-A-M. Of course, you want to make it easy for yourself, don't want to have to worry about spelling or anything like that, go to downandnerdypodcast.com. You go to the About Us section, our Twitter pages are right there. You hit follow, follow, and you're good to go. Not only that, we've got everything going on in this week's show. You can even buy some of the stuff. We'll have movie posters up there from some of the new movies that you can buy on our This Week section, while you're listening to the show, you can cruise around and look at that stuff from our Amazon store and a whole bunch of other stuff that we've always got going on. Our website is downandnerdypodcast.com.
1: And as always, proud comic book reading. Always bag and board your comics.